From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another Clover Tack Podcast. We're looking at July the 6th, 2022. Hopefully, everybody had a great uh, Independence Day, holiday weekend, and all that jazz. Uh, got what uh, I think will be a good one for you this week. Uh, will Palmetto State Armory eventually rule the world with uh, anything and everything that they're doing out there in the firearm industry? Got Josiah and Chad waiting patiently in the green room. We'll get to them here shortly. Uh, if you are listening to us in replay, remember that you can always join us on the live side. Catch us live. Participate out there in the live chat, which I will be monitoring. You can ask questions and all that good kind of stuff and participate also in the polls that we put up. And we've got one out there today. Uh, have you ever bought anything from Palmetto State Armory? So uh, as you're filing in live, welcome, of course. And uh, don't forget to vote in that poll. We'll check on the results of that poll a little later on in the podcast. Uh, also, as always, we do not monetize these podcasts. Why? So we can kind of get away with a little more. And because we don't uh, do standard monetization on these, uh, big shout out and thanks as always to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those that super chat, super thanks and shop at clovertack.com slash shop. Speaking of the Patreon patrons and the YouTube channel members should have the launcher pop poll for you guys uh, out in the next couple of days so be looking for that on the uh on the respective platform so let's get this party rolling bring in josiah and chad from palmetto state armory gentlemen uh how are we today doing good <laughs> awesome. doing real good awesome so let's kick this thing off uh first of all welcome First time that uh, we've had you guys on the podcast here, so uh, definitely a pleasure for that. And I want to give you the floor right off the bat for those that may not be familiar. I don't know who in the world would not be familiar with PSA or Palmetto State Armory. Um, talk a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the humble beginnings of Palmetto State Armory. How did all of it uh, kind of come to fruition? It started, uh, me and my brother were just running uh, – he has basically a base of four car garage and uh, we both quit our jobs and uh, we uh, filled that four car garage with uh, magazines. Uh, it was Magpul mags, Lancer mags, checkmate industry mags and some ammo. And we built a website and then, um, and we did gun shows on the weekends and that, and that along with Obama getting elected, the timing and stuff and, Right. That was the beginning. And uh, um, I quit my job first and my brother quit his and then his wife quit and so on and so forth. And before you know it, I think we've got now we're owned by the uh, JJ Capital, which is my brother and the two other owners, uh, Julian and Ed. And uh, now there's a bunch of PSA sister companies out there, but it's still owned by the same guys. And uh, here we are today, I believe, like 1600 employee employees later and uh, um, making AKs, ARs, pistols, all kinds of stuff. Right now, did the uh, did kind of the 2013? We always talk about the scare cycles that go on with the uh, with the industry and community. Was it the 2013 that kind of really catalyst you guys up? 
do you think, or was it happening prior to that or a little bit later? Well, the 2009, we started in 2008. So 2009, uh, when Obama got elected the first time, first time that yeah. was really a catalyst that got us out of the garage and we bought a 40,000 square foot warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then that prompted, you know, then 2013, after we had, I believe it was two stores then, possibly three. And then that catap- catapulted us even further. And then my brother also is a very smart businessman. So he, you know, those in conjunction. Right. Uh, now, you, you talked about the uh, intricate web and all of the, the sister companies. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what I find is, is so amazing. You guys are, you know, in almost every facet of the industry. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of those uh, companies, maybe in a uh, chronological progression? I mean, where was the first major expansion that you would say? Chad, would you say that was DC? Uh, DC, yeah, DC. DC was the first extra company that was out there that we were doing business with that kind of approached Jamin and said, Hey, may want to retire soon. You know, would you be interested in buying this? We're doing 95%. It's probably doing more than that at, at the time. 95% of your volume, you know, buy us and you can control your own destiny. And mm-hmm. that was, I think, the the catalyst of where we started the um, inline integration with other manufacturers. Um, before then we were relying on, you know, taking parts from companies that was building parts for everybody else. Right. And, um, you'd have to wait in line. And if you were the new kid on the block, you'd have to wait even longer because there was existing relationships and that kind of thing. So I think Jamie had got frustrated with that over time. And when DC approached him and said, Hey, do you want your, you want to, you know, you want to buy your barrel manufacturer, which will be integrated and you can have all the production you want. You never have to wait again. A little light went off and that kind of started a um, domino effect of other uh, companies that we do business with. Right. Right. And I know y'all have integrated or, or uh, you know, brought in several. Where does, where does lead star fall in to the, uh, to the family? I shot, I'm a highly competitive shooter. I've shot for probably going on now 20 years. Um, the guy that owned Lead Star was a really good personal friend of a guy that I've shot with for a very long time. Um, he had us shooting those guns for a while. We had won several major three-gun matches and whatnot. Derek was uh, the ex-owner. Um, great machinist, probably one of the most cutting-edge engineers you'll ever meet as far as vision, um, but was having a hard time on the sales side. So he, we integrated Lead Star with PSA Custom which was my baby from the beginning. Okay. If you see the thing in the background, the custom series, I started because of the, the racing background, so to speak. I wanted to have parts that were associated with the race guns and PSA was known at that point for kind of the budget, everybody's rifle. You know, we wanted to have good quality with a good price and to enter in into that high end game. I knew it was going to have to, we would have to baby step PSA into it, but the way to do that would be to buy, buy a Ferrari, if you will. Right. Uh, and we use that team. That team operates inside of Palmetto State Army, the Palmetto State Army building. Um, but it's got a very small number of uh, uh, manuf- or, uh, assemblers. The guy who runs that's a 20-year, he was a CWO in the Marine Corps. He came out, he shot competition. He was a three-gun instructor. So it's, it's that whole lineage of product has got a backbone of people who race guns, the whole purpose behind it. Right. Um, after we acquired it, it was given to me as kind of a side project because Jamie knew my passion for it. 
and it was really a at, at that moment in time it was a two thousand four thousand dollar gun you had the helium or at the time we called the helium now it's the ultra lightweight rifle you had all these different guns that Derek was making that are very top-end guns and they didn't really have a big reach outside of the shooting community and to be able to fund further research on some of that high-end development that we were doing, because we want to do some other projects within that high-end spectrum, we created what's called the Grunt, which is the mil-spec version of the, the um, Lead Star lineup, which would be right. closer equivalent like a DD. Uh, Daniel Defense is kind of, it's not a low tier, it's not a very, very high tier, it's kind of a, that middle, good, you know, strong quality control process rifle that you'd expect, you know. Uh -huh. Well, because of our contacts inside of three gun, and a lot of people don't realize it, a lot of you three gun guys are group three, group five. There's Marsoc guy. I mean, there's all these military people and law enforcement, and they're really pushing um, military and law enforcement to go to these matches because it gives them a better, you know, it, it gives them training without giving them training, right? Right. We made contacts with law enforcement. We've now put lead stars in probably 15 different agencies. Very nice. Um, two or three SWAT teams that run them. The, the reason being is the technology that we use as far as the compensator, which I know there's people on YouTube will say compensators don't work. It's an absolute. That's not right. Um, <laughs> you, you won't go to a three gun match and see the best shooters in the country shoot muzzle brakes. It's just mm. that's, not, <laughs> that's not the way it works. But um, we, we've got a, the way our compensator works, the degree of angle of the ports and the way the balance of the rifle is with the hyperfire OEM triggers and whatnot. They found that younger, newer officers that sometimes haven't trained with AR platforms and females, the gun's more controllable. It's a little louder, but it's more controllable. So when they start shooting it, they get it's, it's easier to adapt. Um, and then we've done some specialty rifles for some SWAT team entry rifles with suppressors and full auto and that kind of thing. So it's kind of it started out as a race gun platform with ex really expensive rifles, and then it kind of morphed into what it is today, which is kind of a blend of a medium tier AR with a high end race option. Um, right. So that happened about, I'd say about four years ago. And uh, it has, it's like I say, it's got its own, I'm over PSA and lead star, but I've got a guy that runs lead star day to day ops, just like I would on the PSA side. Right. Gotcha. And at some point we got a, uh, I started out here somewhere because it was definitely going to come into probably uh, Chris Winslet out there says who decides DPMS rifle production uh, and that, yeah, that's going to bring me into DPMS. So uh, I do want to talk about the gathering and we'll, we'll probably get to that. Uh, but this last year at the gathering, I did not realize until then that DPMS, which is one of my, I mean, I'm loyal to that brand. That was my first uh, out of the box, let's say, and my first AR, the only out of the box AR, yep. uh, years and years and years ago. Um, how? What was the decision there? How did that? How did that work? So we were the stalking horse, if you will, of the the um, Remington bid. Huh? We wanted to we wanted to get into ammunition. It's not a secret now with AAC, but we wanted to get into the the. Uh, ammo business and Jamin was head I mean he was he was determined to buy Remington. Right. So we come in as the initial auction, you know, company that would go in before the the way the that whole system works. So it's kind of black magic or whatever. But we were like one right. of the first bids. During that process we won some, we lost some, but the being this the first bidder, you were able to 
either get a payout or a trade for some of the lines that nobody really wanted. Um, mm-hmm. As far as, you know, H&R, DPMS, it's not anybody didn't want them. They really didn't come with anything other than the name and some of the intellectual property. We didn't get machines. We didn't get parts. We didn't get you know, right. any, any of the old stuff. All we had was some drawings, some graphics, and the intellectual property to the names. So um, once we got those, we acquired them. We started looking at how do we integrate them with brands? How do we revive them? What do we want to do? How do we want to kind of do that? We, of course, lost the Remington bid. Federal took over the Remington plant. They've integrated it now with their system. So we decided to reach out, and we hired a team of people to build our own ammo plant. So we have our own ammo plant. We took the AAC name, kind of did a little gameplay with it, wordplay, and said, okay, America's Ammunition Company, because we're about spreading freedom. So we're using the AAC name on America's Ammunition Company with a cool logo, and then we also retain the AAC name for suppressors and we've got some suppressors that are coming out with a joint venture of one of our very you know big machine shops they're they're working on that simultaneous to what we're doing on the ac ammo side um we're doing some stuff with h and r h and r is coming back there's going to be a retro line if you ever if you were at shot show and saw that we're gonna have the a1 style rifles and that kind of thing um the I can't think of another one. Oh, uh, Storm Lake. We acquired Storm Lake. We're going to integrate Storm Lake into some of our barrel production and um, turn them back into a thing. They always were real well known for their quality and control. And one thing we did gain through the acquisition was the companies who did all those companies' work. So that's, this this gun industry game's kind of you think some of these people build their own stuff. They don't. They have an idea. And right. They go to a machine shop that everybody else is going to, and they buy the barrels and they rebrand them under their name. Uh-huh. Um, but we know those machine shops now. We know their quality programs. We know what they had. So we're going to revive Storm Lake here in the next six months or so. I, Jamin gave me that to do, and we've had so much stuff going on. There's, we're right in the middle of another boom. Um, and, you know, we're trying to release rifles and, and new product and whatnot. It's just kind of hard to integrate a new, another new name you know, for, for, for product that you're having a hard time sourcing for your OEM side. But that's how that came to be. Those those brands came to us because we were lucky enough to be one of the first bidders on the Remington deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, on the uh, on the ammunition side of things, I know that's been a thorn in everybody's side for, you know, a couple of years now anyway. Uh, how are you guys looking? I mean, as far as the being able to keep up with the man, the manufacturing, the what is that headache like? So there's, I got into importing Tula um, probably a year and a half ago. What people hadn't realized yet, hadn't really got this kind of new for you. I haven't been on a podcast since it happened, but this Russian ammo thing, the embargoes are hurt um, in the tune of millions and millions and millions of rounds a year that's not coming into the country. Right. We're not there yet. We're not at a point where we can cover that gap because we've also got, you know, the Lake City issue with Winchester and you got Federal's production and the military right. buying ammo. There's all this, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that I think hundred people hadn't a hundred percent realized yet as far as ammo production and ammo control is going to happen. I feel like there's going to be another scare that's going to cause ammo prices to go up again. I can, I can just feel it in my bones. I don't have data or any empirical information to say that. It just I can feel it happening based on the sales volume uplift we've had. But that ammo coming out of the, the system, if you will, the, the Russians not being able to ship Tula and the frequency, we were getting 
six million rounds of steel case ammo every two weeks coming across the ocean uh, on a regular basis. Right. And that didn't go to just us. It went to Atlantic. It went to SG. All these different ammo manufacturers was consuming that much Tula, which was pretty much two containers per boat, two boats over two weeks. Wow. Um, That's gone. There's no... There's nobody here in the U.S. that can make, you know, makes the steel case ammo as competitively priced as Tula could do it. Tula understood what was going on. They were raising their prices close to brass prices, but mm-hmm. if you got an AK, you want the AK to eat steel, you know. So right. it, it demanded a higher price tag. And right now, it's kind of it's at a standstill. I don't think people's panic buying it to a point where we got to worry about. There's a lot in the country, and I don't think people's panic buying it to a point where it's a concern. However, I don't. I don't think this Russian ammo ban is going to be lifted anytime soon. So somebody's got to fill that gap. Right. And uh, we're certainly trying to do that. We started with nine millimeter. Um, I pretty much switched over my race ammunition to RA nine millimeter. I love it. I shot this weekend. We were shooting, you know, 120 yard shots, you know, out of PCCs at, at the last two gun match I was at. It was very accurate. Right. Doing a good job with it, but it's low volume right now. Considered, if you were to compare it to like a Federal or a Winchester or Remington, it's fairly low volume for for what it is. But the quality is superb. We don't have we're not having issues, you know. That, that, that you know you'd think a new ammo company could have because we hired the right people to come in and do this thing. Right. Yeah. So as we progress and we get better, we'll add more machines. We'll hire more people. We'll get everything going. And I think eventually the five-year plan would be equivalent to the big three. Um, but we're going to do it in a way that's safe and effective and affordable, and it and it checks all the boxes of what you want ammo to be. Right? We don't want to put little bombs in people's faces to blow up. We yeah, want to have absolutely. really good ammo that people can be proud of. It's an affordable price and. And it's good, and so far, it's. I mean, the nine, the one fifteen, and one twenty fours are phenomenal. Um, we've just now started getting into the fifty five grains. We've had some people come out. I've got some groups I posted. I'll go over there and just grab a handful out of the production line, throw it in a thirty caliber ammo can, and go shoot it and test it every now and then for Jamin, just because that's what we do. Right. Um, he knows I'm a pretty good shot, and all my guys are pretty good shots. So we'll go test it and kind of keep a check and balance because they're a sister company. They're not really my company. I right. Can, I can call the baby ugly, and they can't really do anything to me because I'm in a different, different division. But um, right. it's good stuff, and the guys running it, I think a lot of they've got some, a lot of history with some other ammunition manufacturers. They've been around the block. Uh, we were lucky enough to get them to South Carolina, and they're doing a really good job with it. So I, we're we're all right on the cusp of doing something that I want to do really bad, which is, you know, a 77 grain OPM match grade. Uh, Five five six low. Wow, yeah. You know, for for DMR, we do a lot of DMR PRS mid range, long distance shooting. Um, I wanted something that was equivalent because if you look in that space, there's only a couple of real uh, niche manufacturers that do really good seventy seven OTM match stuff, and it's two dollars around at best. Sometimes I'm saying at three and four fifty, and we're not going to do that. We're going to try to stay around the dollar half mark or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, if we can get, you know, a sub MOA 77 grain match, you know, 20 round box of, of great ammo, I think it's going to be a game changer. Now, you guys recently expanded, I guess it was, or I say recently expanded, talking about the ferret company, talking about the sister companies, I mean, 
Um, yeah, I was at uh, at shot this year and ran into right to bear the insurance uh, arm, which I, th- I think is interesting. So it, any idea, anything to say about that, about how that come about and what caused that? I think it's just another dynamic. Jamin, <clears throat> Jamin wants to be, it's, it's the, the way the gun industries work, you can break it down into little compartments, right? You've got your services industries, you've got your <clears throat> OEM manufacturers, you got your assemblers, you've got your ammo, you've got soft goods, you've got lifestyle branding, you've got all the, he wants his hands in all of them. Um, so part of that evolution of trying to be in all the different pieces of the industry, um, they came up with the right to bear branding, which was to offer a alternative, less expensive version of carry insurance that would potentially include later on down the line, maybe instructor insurance and firearm insurance. Right. A lot of times people don't know this. I found out the hard way. I've got a pretty fast firearm collection and some of my race guns are very expensive. Um, if you get your house burns up, you're kind of left holding the pot, so to speak, when they go to cover it. Cause a lot of times firearms aren't covered under your standard insurance policy. Correct. Yep. And um, if you've got, you know, Let's say you got a fifteen thousand dollar collection, or you're the average guy. It's got a seven thousand dollar, or maybe even a hundred thousand dollar collection, um, which is easy to do. It's easy to have a hundred thousand dollar collection. People it, don't it, realize that. If you if you take current market value timing and and the way things are working, especially if you've got a lot of ammo stored up, it's very easy to get. You don't you don't realize how much money if you're twenty year collector. <clears throat> you don't realize how much money you have mm-hmm. in your shop so like yeah i've reloaded probably my whole adult life i learned how to do it when i was 18 i'm 46 i've been doing it the entire time right it, it, there's times when i had a quarter million primers at my in my possession you know because we we reloaded yeah. we were shooting four or five thousand rounds a week could you imagine what two hundred fifty thousand primers would be on this market right now they're, they're fifteen hundred dollars a case on gun broker right so None of that stuff's covered, so you got to have an alternative plan or alternative coverage package. So if something happens, you don't lose everything. And right. to a lot of people, you know, five thousand dollar gun collection, seven thousand dollar gun collection. Okay, it's not that big of a deal until the, they give you an eight hundred dollar check for the loss of your firearms. Right. And now you yeah. can't go buy a twenty two with it. You know, so yeah. that's that's yeah. looking out for two things. I guess you're, you're getting integrated more into the branding and the, the industry as a whole. It's more, you know, bigger reach, mm-hmm. but you're also kind of looking out for your customers going, Hey, you may not know this, but your house burns down and your guns are gone, which we're not doing that level of insurance yet. That's down the road. But the, the initial coverage was for CWP holders to be able to protect themselves in the case of a well, when that uh, I, I'm definitely interested when that insurance comes I do have I do have my homeowners and, and unlike you're talking about a lot of people I do pay attention to what's in my insurance policies mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people go with the cheapest price and they don't look at the line items when they're dealing with insurance and that that's even true with carry insurance yep. uh, they just look at the price and so yep. with I know for, for example my auto insurance uh, I've been with the same company since I first got a driver's license, 16 years old. And they say 10 minutes can save you 10% or more or whatever the, the thing is. And right. as soon as I call those folks up and tell them what insurance company I've got, they're like, you know, we could waste your time and give you a quote. But I can tell you now, for the coverage you've got, 
we can't beat that price. In other words, we can beat the price, but you ain't going to get everything that you're getting, you know? Um, and so I've got, uh, I've got a couple of riders, a couple of extra policies in addition. Uh, and I'm always on the lookout of expanding that because yeah, you're I right. I mean, be, that'll be the evolution of it. I, it's, that, that's not really there yet, but the, the yeah. idea was to grow that into a, not just a concealed carry insurance company. It was to grow it into a gun ownership coverage that covered offerings for everything. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Sound like, sound like I titled it appropriately when I said, uh, well, Palmetto State State Armory eventually rule the world because it looks like that's what Jamie's trying to do, right? Is uh, yeah, he's, get yeah, his fingers but, in all of it. <laughs> but you also, we also know, so like the, the stuff that we do, being an online, most of our success is online retail. You can't really take over the world because you need all the other little guys out there to transfer guns to. Right, yeah. So we, we ride this fine line of, yeah, we're the big guy, but come to us and we'll help you. We got dealer sales programs. We got the right. DPMS line. It's for dealer sales only. Um, we're pushing Lead Star to the dealers. We're giving them discounts on stuff. So, I mean, we really, yeah, we want to we want to be as big as we can in the place, the space, but we don't want to put the, the little guys out of business because we, I mean, to be honest with you, it's like a foundation of a house, right? Those right. little guys go away, the, the roof's going to cave in. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we try to play fair with everybody. <laughs> so Josiah's been super quiet. You've been quiet up there, Josiah. You want to? Is there anything you want to jump in here? I know. Uh, I know Chad's dropped a lot of lot of bombs on us, but you got anything to add? No, I I know the only thing I was thinking of is I know with Right to Bear, uh, eventually they're going to be offering uh, insurance to uh, retailers as well, as far as oh. firearm retailers and stuff, and. So that's another avenue that they're going to helping out the, the quote unquote the, the little guy you know who's got a small uh, gun shop as well. With without going into politics, you know the way the, you know banking and different things like that and insurance. Oh yeah, company. yeah. Uh, that's you know, actually a that's actually a road I kind of wanted to go down here in a second, but go ahead. Yeah. And no, uh, they're going to be offering insurance to uh, to to small you know to gun shops and whatnot as well without you know the underwriters pulling out of other companies and all of a sudden they find themselves uninsured. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking about you know that down that line, you know the uh, the letters that were sent out from UPS uh, that that we're seeing going around. Uh, you know, I don't know, admittedly, all the details about that, but it seems like a lot of different vendors, a lot of different businesses got uh, those notices from UPS saying, "Hey, we're not going to." And how they know what's in a box being shipped from a company, I'll, I'll never know. But um, is that something any of your – has Palmetto State Armory, did they get those? Do you know if any of the sister companies got anything like that? No, we have – I need to follow back up with my ship, shipping director. I haven't – I was out of pocket the last couple of days working on another project. But right, I, I saw online where people are saying they're going to destroy boxes and all that. I, I just it, may, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so, Josiah, have you heard of anything? I haven't I've, heard of – I've I've asked as well, and I that I know of, we haven't heard anything, but uh, right, it's not affected us at all. They came, well, they, they came to us when the rumbling started, and was like, you know, we're 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 doing ten thousand packages a day. Okay? Right? Yeah, that's a lot of money. If if they want to grand strand and and do the you know cancel thing that that uh-huh. you know those that liberal mindset 
likes to do. If they want to cancel us, we'll find somebody to give our millions and millions and millions well, and millions and millions of dollars to. I mean, it's that it's, if they, that's their business decision, right? Right, right. I, I haven't heard anything. They certainly can't. Let me, the internet's a weird place and I navigate it lightly, right? True. So, yeah. Yeah. I've got a strong personality and I've butted heads, and I, but some <laughs> stuff I read is just like, bro, that's illegal. <laughs> UPS can't destroy a gun package. Well, um, and it's not only that, it's, it's, it makes no sense because they say, okay, we don't, we don't want you shipping any, any gun parts or gun related items. Well, Amazon admittedly the largest business distributor, whatever in the world sells stuff. So it's like, are they going to not ship any Amazon packages? Or are they not going to just the sheer number of packages you're talking about shipping every day? UPS yeah. ceases to exist. If they do that, it does. It, me, and we, we sh- I don't know how they do it. There's millions of dollars coming out of this building. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, we haven't heard anything. I like the UPS company as a whole. I've, we've got a good relationship with them. Yeah. I haven't heard. Well, I got to think, I got to think, and I won't, you know, I won't mention the, 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 the other company, but you know, they made a post and they took it down. And I got to think maybe there's a reason they took that down that, you know, there's it's it's maybe it's blown a little bit out of proportion. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think some, somebody leaked something or somebody clicked send on the wrong thing or maybe there was it, a it could have been miscommunication and wording. Who knows? It could have right? been a misunderstanding. I remember. Okay, so like I do a lot of business study. I I, I enjoy the way businesses operate. That's kind of the thing about PSA. It was kind of cool how Jamin started this and. Right. I spent my whole lifetime in finance and had always tried to study how businesses operate. And um, one of the funniest cases that came through on one of the groups that I'm in was the OnlyFans case. You know, OnlyFans known for basically porn. So the new incoming CEO comes in and says, Hey, we're going to take away all nude content. No more nude content. Mm-hmm. Made this big announcement about it. Everybody that's against it was, you know, clapping and, Everything's great, and it's it's somebody tapped him on the shoulder the next day. I went, "Hey, um, ninety five percent of our profits new content, new <laughs> content, right? Right." So they reneged on it. Right? The sure first thing they that did. they did, yeah, was, yeah. I, 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 we, we made a mistake. We're going to allow it. It's good, you know. Right. We, we've got some more. Right. That that's the kind of things that happens in business when you have business people that don't fully understand what their business is. So who knows? I mean, it's, it's, they could do it and it could spite them. And then they go, okay, we're sorry guys. But as of right now, I haven't heard. Okay. And they certainly don't don't believe the people that saying they're going to confiscate your, your box and destroy your, that's a, it's stealing property. Right. You're stealing a, a serialized item, which is now, which is now a federal thing, unless the federal government gave them permission to take your firearm that's headed to a destination that was going to be transferred into your name uh-huh. as a serialized item and destroy it based on how the ATF requires you to destroy it. Right. That's just right. a complete fabrication. <laughs> right. So let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit uh, and talk a little bit about some, let's talk about some products and I'm going to kick this off. Uh, and just, I want to, I want to make it fun. So I'm going to start with you, Josiah, as far as 
the products from the manufacturing side. Obviously, PSA deals with a lot of manufacturers and, and sells a lot of different things. But uh, those sister companies, those things related to PSA or PSA itself, uh, what's your, your favorite product, Josiah? My favorite product, I would say, is the AKV. Um, uh, it's it, it's a great gun. Um, it, uh, it's very unique in its design. Chad can even speak to this. Chad knows about the design of it. Um, shout out to Colton who, who engineered. I'd say my favorite product is the AKV. Okay. Fun to shoot. Uh, very accurate. Um, I, I'd say that's my favorite. I would say, uh, um, so the AKV, um, our AK line has been extremely successful. Very good. I know Chad can talk about the new stuff that's coming out. Um, now, are you inherently more an AK guy than an AR? No, I'm more of an AR guy. Okay. Um, that's just what I'm familiar with. Well, that's but, a lot uh, then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Chad, uh, Chad, are you more, are you more of an AK or AR? I don't, I'm a gun guy. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. I remember the first week I was here, I was walking with your brother. And um, he's infatuated with AKs. I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I know a lot about them now. At the time, I was just like, eh, kind of gun. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, just didn't like them. Yeah. My buddy Mike, who's a 20-year Marine vet that just retired a little while, you know, 15 years ago, he hated them. He was like, I got shot at him. I don't want to see him. You know. <laughs> right. I can, I can understand that. Um, but I remember walking through the shop floor, and he was bragging about one of the – I think at the time it was a GF2. It just got out of the – the casting and was moving towards billet and all that and going through that whole process. And he picked it up and he looked at it and it was like, he was holding his baby, you know? I, right. <laughs> it, it was, it was this real, a, the sweetest moment a man can have with a gun, you know? Right. And I said, yeah, I'm not, I said, yeah, I'm not. he's like, look at this. It's beautiful. I'm, like, eh, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. He said, he looked at, he turned, he looked at me and said, you're going to like him. <laughs> And we, we took off, and I didn't know. I mean, he, he didn't force me to like him, but I, it, I don't right. know how it happened. But somehow the damn things grew on me, and yeah. Um, now I'm. I just got Josiah was blowing me up. He has to remind me about these podcasts and stuff. He's like, "Hey, you got a, you got a, you got a podcast coming." I was on the floor with uh, Cameron, and we were looking at uh, the what's pretty much going to round out the 100 series, with the exception of the seven. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're we're looking. We're about to release the 101s and 102s, and we were we're playing with him. So, right. Um, I, yeah. Just, yeah. I got I get along really well with Colton and Cody, the guys who are the engineers that, that work on the designs for the AKs. And we got a good dynamic. Cameron's on the floor. He's great with scouring the internet on little obscure products that either came from Russia or Czechoslovakia or whatever to recreate. Uh-huh. Um, and I just somehow morphed into, we're doing the AK masters, which is one of the largest, the second largest AK match in the country. Um, so yeah, it's, but I, I tell everybody when they ask that I'm a gun guy, I don't, but if it's got a trigger, we shoot it. We shoot PRS, DMR, PCC, two gun, three gun, USPS, yep. IDPA. I'm in a, every Saturday I'm somewhere shooting something with a different gun. <laughs> right. maybe sometimes like, so I don't, I don't have a, I don't hate the AK anymore. That's the moral of the story. I, gotcha. I had a, I had a boss. I was like, eh, you know, whatever. It's yeah. stupid. Yeah. My laws are better. When we start with PSA, I mean, you go into the ARs, I mean, less barriers to entry. It's doesn't require the 
the the money to be able to start it you know like Chad was talking about you know we were horizontally integrated now we're vertically and getting into the to the ar i'm sorry then going into the ak's it's you know my brother made a statement he's like you know i i wouldn't be opposed to being known as an ak manufacturer versus an ar it's just it's pretty cool to be able to see us expand you know instead of just sitting on the ar going into very unique designs right. even like our jackal right now that we've got out and then uh and then not so unique like you know some some of it's unique but we got the dagger you know start making pistols then you know you got your, your rock 5.7 mm-hmm. um pistol and chad can speak to the to the stuff outside of the uh ak line as well that they're make that we're making right now it's, it's pretty cool right yeah. kevin uh kevin out there real quick he said best answer ever I'm a gun guy. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I would agree. I, there's, there's, there's very few. There's You'd be very hard few to firearms. find anybody else in the industry as a bigger gun guy than I am. I there's, just, there's, there's I very few them. firearms I don't like for, for some reason or another. It may just be because it's just completely ugly, and it may be because I can easily hate on it. But uh, I, but I like, like it nonetheless. I, even, yeah. I mean, I collect some of the ugly ones. I proudest model oh, yeah. is my. You know, just I just recently finally got my hands on the M1 that was handpicked from the guy who is the assembly. The, he's over the CMP program for the. Oh, wow. Yes. And I got to be friends with him. We do a lot of matches in Alabama and got to go behind the scenes and get introduced to these guys. Beautiful range there. If you're talking I about think, that. Oh, man, if you've never been to yeah. that, if I ever had the money to build a range, it would be exact clone of the CMP because okay. that is a phenomenal shooting range. Yep. Yep. It's probably one of the best in the country. We've got one here that's getting close. It's called the Clinton House Plantation. It's right in close, yeah. right down the road. Um, we're hosting a match a month there, 12 bays, two, 300 yards bays, a mile. We're getting ready to do a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got all the creature comforts, but it is nothing compared to what the CMP looks like. That well, place. I'll tell you, I'll tell you <laughs> this about Clinton Plantation from the gathering is if you get any kind of rain and it come a gully washer for sure, uh man the parking was was terrible yes. <laughs> getting down into the parking was terrible yeah uh, was, was that the first was, was, that, was that was that this year or the second year that was the, the one this year yeah okay yeah the one this year yeah and uh talladega is all paved all concrete paved mm-hmm. you know it's like it's 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 posh when you when yep. you I, seldom do i use the term posh because that's a british term and I'm America, but uh, yeah, it's it's posh for sure. I, yes, I love that place. It's, it's awesome. It's by far the best range in the country, I think. Uh, right. CMP always goes above and beyond to do that. Yeah. Now, same question that that I asked Josiah is, you know, if you had to pick, forced to pick, um, which one do you think is your favorite in the in the PSA or the sister family lineup? So I got I got two for two different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I can't. I, it's impossible for me to just have one because we got. So <laughs> I hear you. There's so much stuff. So the five seven, when I first heard about it, I thought it was dumb. I'll be honest with you. I was like, why are we doing that? It's been done a couple of times. The, they're like $20 a bullet when you can find them. <laughs> right. right. Why are, doesn't make sense. Um, Jamie was like, Oh, you gotta, you know, yes, it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the most popular thing. You know, it, it, after I got my hands on it, the guy who designed that gun is, the closest thing that I think I've met to a genius in this, in, in this industry. And he went off in a corner and he worked on this gun for, I don't know, Joseph, what do you think? A couple, maybe a year and a half. Mm. And wow. then he entered the room with this pistol 
that was everything that I never knew I wanted. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the, I can't brag on that gun enough. I've everybody I've put it. It's a shame that we can't shoot it in matches and stuff because the caliber. It's yeah. soft. The recoil is amazing. It's controllable. It's very, 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 very accurate. The trigger to be the striker fire, you know, based. It's phenomenal. It breaks well. It's clean. It resets clean. The walls clean. I mean, everything about that gun is really, really, really good. And it was well thought out. The magazines are well thought out. It's probably the best gun that we've ever released as a company the first time around. I truly wow. 100 absolutely believe that. That gun is phenomenal. I'll put it against any other 5.7 pistol out there. I've even heard other people from other companies who have 5.7 say the same thing. So right. that is a great gun. For me, from the AK side, I'm being competitive. I wanted to have a 5.56 so I could go run around with ARs and aggravate them on the weekend sometimes. Uh -huh. So when we came out with what we now call the ARC, which is the Magpul magazine fed AK with the you know push-button mag release, um, you know, my version of it's going to have a left side charge and handle and all that. That gun for me was really good because I wanted it to compete with. Right. Um, so those two right now that, and I, and I spent a lot of time because I was so interested in that particular platform. I did the, a lot of the, the field work testing. I did a lot of the, the um, break in. We did a lot of the abuse tests. I was with Colton and Cody, a big part of that time. I mean, not, designing i'm not a designer but i was kind of looking over their shoulders and, and kind of seeing what they were doing because i was so interested in it right yeah um and we've released it it's been it's been really good i shot one at ak masters uh, i can't remember i was the top 10 i know of a top 10 maybe a top five spot and then you know i had everybody who shot it there loved it so it's it's that that for two different reasons the five seven was a complete surprise to me you know right. I, I didn't know i wanted that gun until i shot it yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I was waiting on a 5.56 version of AK because we needed it. Uh -huh. But as yeah. a product, I think the most exciting thing I've had is the ammo because, as I said earlier, I've I've reloaded and tried to understand ballistics for the better part of my life, 20 years. And I've got a pretty – it's not like i am got a single-stage press and, you know, in the basement with a book. We do a lot right. of wildcat loads, development stuff for different match. you know, getting yep. above the 3,000 feet per second uh, mark for – Precision, right? I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that I was doing where I was studying and understanding ballistics myself. And now I can go over there and like talk shop with these guys and I've got a good relationship with them. So for a product, I think it's going to be the ammo uh -huh. for the pistol. It's going to be the five, seven for the AK. It's going to be the five, five, six. Okay, nice. Well, that kind of falls into what uh, Kevin out there. We need to run through a few of these questions, by the way, if you're out there, now's the time. Throw those questions in. Also, don't forget the poll. Uh, vote in that if you're joining us live too and we'll check on that before we leave but uh yeah kevin out there he's saying what is the best nine millimeter ammo uh that you guys carry so would you say it's it's your ammo yeah i mean it's, it's either it depends on what you want for a target load um the ac the 115 i so i went we do a lot of reloading for matches it's just better you can set the i can set my projectile weight and my recoil profile to my gun the way i want it and balance it and we were playing around it very rarely do you shoot nine millimeter at 100 plus yards well my reload sucked at 100 yards so just I, uh -huh. 
I'm to blame. It, it was low, you know, low, low uh, recall, you know, light loads at 100 yards, fell like a rock, sucked, couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. Yeah. So I went and grabbed the 115 grain, the 124 grain AAC, and to me, out of the because ammo, the grain weights and all that, there's there's reasons why over time people develop different weights and different powder rate, you know, powder ratios and whatnot. So you got to kind of understand that. Uh-huh. Um, the 115 to me for the PCC and a 16 inch barrel was a little snappy, and then I checked the 124. They were both somewhat accurate, but the 124 to give you an idea at 100 yard plates, 12 by 24, we were averaging about a three inch group. Oh, wow. Two and a half, three inch group. That's out of a nine millimeter PCC on a bag, shooting at 100 yards, you know, aiming dead center. So um, I've shot other, I'm not going to go through all the manufacturers we've shot of other right. ammo. I'm telling right. you, nine millimeter, 100 yards off of a bag, just with a red dot, it's it's as good as anybody else is out there, and the price point's there. Right. Um, I prefer 124s. I actually like 147s a little bit better because they have, usually less powder, heavier weight, which levels the power factor out. You get a little bit less felt recoil. A lot of people don't realize that, that uh-huh. you can have less felt recoil with a heavier weight bullet. They think the heavier weight bullet's going to produce more recoil, which is not the same. Um, uh-huh. it, it's not accurate a lot of the time. Right. So I love 147s, but right now if I was going to buy AAC branded 9mm, I'd probably stick with the 124s. 124s. 115s are a little bit more affordable if you're punching beer cans at 30 yards or whatever. <laughs> But as far as performance ratio, I think the one I all my competition loads are based around a 124 grain because you have enough, you have a you know a lighter bullet, so you get a little bit less drop, mm-hmm. and then, but you have a little bit heavier bullet, so if you hit a steel plate, it won't stand there and look at you for three seconds to, to fall. Right. You know, so that's yeah. just my personal opinion. You have different opinions from different people, but. I would right. get the AC 124 if I was going to look for that for that particular brand. Right. Uh, yeah. Going back to the questions, PW Woods out there, uh, are they ever getting into revolvers? Any talk with the, the designers and the other things? Revolvers is one of those that's labor intensive. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we've got some, you know, H and R. That's what they. Oh, did. okay. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. already. Yeah. He's got the guy who we teamed up to run that division has got a pretty big plate right now that he's trying to pick and choose, you know, what's the easiest to get in the market and whatnot. And right. but the revolvers have the revolvers and some other cool old school. Got to look through history. I'm not going to call them all out. Cause people be like, when's the X coming out? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Go back and do some research on what H and R used to do and all the guns that they had. Uh-huh. And there's somewhere in a timeline some of those guns are going to come to market. So that's there's that's a lot cool. Of cool. There's a lot of cool guns that I didn't know that H and R did. Mm-hmm. For instance, right. they were one of the official only only one of the only official roll marks for a Vietnam era M16. Mm-hmm. So yep. yep, it's cool to have that. You know, it'd be cool to have one of those with some Hasbro guards, right? I mean, if you can oh find yeah, them. yeah, yeah, so. definitely. Even outside of H and R, eventually we're going to be getting into some bolt actions too. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something that's going to be coming. Yeah, I'm actually oh, nice. working for Lead Star. We're working. Um, we do this year. We were supposed to do. Got invited to do the uh, Vortex. I'm I shoot and help Vortex a good bit, uh-huh. and um, 
we were invited to go out to the Vortex Sniper Challenge. We didn't go. My partner and I couldn't make it. Um, so this year, there's going to be one at the end of the year, and then we've got a Sniper's Unknown Challenge, and I want to do a bolt gun through Star to do for SHOT Show. So I'm actively working on the race high-end version of a, a, a really nice bolt gun for them, and then the idea is whatever we decide on that high-end gun, we can kind of move down, you know, release the high-end gun first and then figure out a way to – to baby step into a affordable hunting style rifle. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a really nice, pretty wood grain version of like a field grade. If you remember the old field grade 700s, right. Had the pretty burl wood stocks and yep. real nice bluing and that kind of thing. We'll, we'll introduce one of those in HR. So that's the cool thing about having these different companies. You can have right. different flavors of guns for different, yep. you know, different people's tastes. Like me, I like chassis rifles with bag riders and arca rails and, spiral fluted barrels and you know it's the flashy prs stuff Mm -hmm. your average hunter is going to look for either a polymer or wooden stock affordable price you know moa accuracy yada 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 where i'm looking for eighth or quarter moa right um so you can you can develop that i think once you try a little different approach we usually start out with low and then try to work our way up into a high end for this bolt gun um we're going to try to do a hot really high-end model equivalent like some of the other high-end chassis guns mm-hmm. and then use that technology to kind of funnel down and it's i think it's easier to make a cheaper version of an expensive rifle than a expensive version of a cheap rifle that right yeah 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 i think so i think you're right uh yeah woods out there bolt, it's not like an ar it's bolt guns are different and you gotta oh yeah you gotta impress bolt gun people or it's never gonna right never yeah play. no I, I agree yeah uh, yeah, Woods out there says, uh, also, PSA shotguns? He said, yes, please. Uh, that's probably falling back into the, the H&R line. Uh, possibly. Right? And then the, the PSA, I think that's another one of those multi, you know, there's a, a 12. I'm not going to say AK-12 because AK-12 is the current platform of the the AK that the military uses in 545. But um, a 12-gauge AK, I think, is something that, you know, we've kicked around the idea on a lot. Something like um, a Saiga, something along those lines. Yeah, something, I mean, yeah, you KL twelve, you know, all the, there's a bunch of them out there, which are clones of the Saigas. But um, I think a bolt, a, a semi-auto, a pump, and then an AK style twelve gauge would pretty much clear that that three lines. I don't know when. Um, right, <laughs> right. We, we've well, got I mean, y'all got a, y'all got just a few things going on, right? There's just, a, yeah, there's a board of like three hundred guns. That, Jamin's want to have done and you've only got a certain amount of people that can do it. And I, right. It'll all be based on what's selling. The thing about a shotgun, <clears throat> I, I'm a, I love shotguns. I've got oh, yeah. all, all different manufacturers. Some of that stuff coming out of Turkey, people turn their nose up at It's It's good stuff. Um, yeah. I there's several of them. The car, I, I've got three of cars. I fell in love with them. I don't know if they're importing anymore. They are the Churchill's um, tactical version, a hunter 20 inch version. Yeah. I, I kept one of those. We, I used to duck hunt a whole lot. I, I switched from a Benelli to that because I had an M one original one series M one uh-huh. Benelli or M two. Sorry that I didn't, I didn't want to mess up or whatever. So I switched right. over to one of them. And if I dropped it in the mud, kicked it, if it fell in the water, I didn't care, but I did that several times and picked it up and it shot. And right. I was like, you know, this is a 300 at the time. I think 299 was the retail on it when I bought it. It's right. just a three inch black, three and a half inch 
capable yep. shotgun. Um, it's, I, I think it's going to be a challenge. Um, I, I, in the back of our minds, I think we're all having that conversation of how do we build one? And it's like steel case ammo, right? You're not going to make it super accurate. So what, what's the price point other than it's not available? You know, what's, what's the, yeah. what's the leading factor well, to get into the game? I think for me, this is just me speaking, right? Big H and R fan when it comes to the shotguns, particularly the, specifically the single shots, right? Mm-hmm. And double barrels and, and things like that. Um, from the perspective of single shots for me, I think there may be some room there. Right. And the reason I say that is I'm not a fan. I agree with you. Uh, big fan of the Akar, the Churchill, the Grisson, uh, some of that stuff mm-hmm. coming out of Turkey uh, as far as shotguns. Mm-hmm. The single shots, not a fan of, I don't think anything single shot coming out of, out of Turkey. I mean, they are what they are. They're not horrible, but they just mm-hmm. don't have that feel to them yeah. like an H and R or subsequently a new England or whatever had. Yeah. They, I, you're right. But the, my thing is the majority of the guns, shotguns at sales going to be semis and bolt or semis and uh, mm-hmm. pumps. It's true. And it's just, it's, it's hard to, compete with those guys now. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. they're yeah. good. People can make fun of them all they want to. They can laugh at me for using one, but I, I tell you, man, I, I've got three cars. I've got a Bacall. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of my first shotguns. My my wife had bought me years and years ago to uh, do some quail hunting. They're, I mean, they're really good guns, and they were less than 500 bucks. So, I mean, it's I think it's going to be hard to compete in that space. I'm sure we'll figure it out, but um, and there'll be people that want to buy it just because it's branded PSA. Yeah, you know, this is they'll, true. They'll want to have that, or or H and R. There's collectors out there. We're finding that there's a lot of H and R collectors. My grandpa had that. You know, I've got a my first pistol I ever shot was an H and R twenty two revolver that I oh, have yeah. today. So yeah. all that go back in history and look at what all they made. That's part of the plan, but I just don't think it's yeah. part of the immediate future. Or, you know, right? Yeah, understandable. Uh. So, Ron, out there, try to get through some of these questions before we get out of here. We're closing in on the top of the hour. Uh, Ron says, uh, when will the micro dagger be available? So, something I didn't even know about there. Have y'all even announced mm-hmm. the micro dagger? Yeah, oh, yeah. They, we had it at SHOT Show. It's it's close. Um, okay. There's a 3D sample pre-production. It's already been approved. The grip, you know, Jamie and I are both kind of picky about the way the grip feels. We just put a little delay on the big frame dagger because the grip that we had didn't look, feel like the dagger grips. Amazing. I guy who designed that's great too. I mean, it's aesthetically and, and as far as ergonomics, I think it's probably one of the best bottom halves of a gun. It's a great gun, but that there's something special about that grip when you pick it up and me not being a inherent, I was a Glock armor when I, in a past life and I never really, right. I just, I never, I'm a 1911 person. My first centerfire pistol was a 1911. I shoot 2011s for competition. You know, the triggers are unmatched. I don't care what anybody says. Call me a boomer, call me a FUD. You'll never put a striker fire trigger in a gun to match a 1911 or 2011, period. Right. Um, So I I had a lot of, you know, internal biases when all that stuff was being done. And, And the dagger's great, but the controls and the feel. You know, if you're a 1911 guy and you pull up and you 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 draw as much as I had done at that point when I started playing with Glocks, you got to kind of tilt the Glock up. The the grip angle is different on the Glock to a, da- uh, uh, 
1911. Uh-huh. And um, I think when Dusty designed the dagger, he put some of that into effect with ergonomics. And I don't have that dip anymore like I used to. I used to, if I was going to go shoot a match and I knew I was going to have to shoot a Glock in, a day or two before that, I'd have to go and practice drawing to make sure that I didn't go, you know, when I was, right. when I was shooting it. So I, I didn't have to do that, you know, which is good. Lone Wolf, another company out there, did that years ago with their angle on their their uh, clone, and um, I really liked it. But the Micro Dagger, it should be end of this year, September, October. It'll definitely, you know, the, the mm-hmm. goal is to have that out and in the production before SHOT Show next year. Sure. Um, we got one engineer that's dedicated just to that project, and you'd think it'd be as easy as, taking the dagger and shrinking it, but it's not. The fire control group's different. The rail system's different. The slide's different. Uh, connection points for the MOS system for the slide's different. If you want to do optics or whatnot, it's smaller. So he's, you know, re-engineering because there's not like a Glock 3 clone compatible micro. The micro's mm-hmm. going to kind of be its own thing. Just like right. the 5.7's its own thing. That's a weapon. That's a complete new firearm system if you look inside of it. Right. The way he built it, the thought process he put into it, um, the trigger pack, all that's proprietary really to, you know, his his design. And that's kind of what's going on with the micro dagger. So I'd expect to see it October, November, no later than, you know, December. We're going to want to have that for the holiday sales and whatnot. So it's sure he, he has a very special focus on that one particular pistol. Right. Uh, armed ape out there speaking of ammo he says uh 762 and the 545 he says they were going to see any he spoke to that a little yeah. earlier what's production like and availability looking like on that stuff it's available still that's what i was saying earlier it's the steel case is still in the country there's a lot of it we everybody went on a rush to get as much as they could before the it's kind of like when they signed the cuban i'm a cigar guy so it was like john f candy before he signed the embargo sent all of his aides out to buy as many cigars he could right yeah that's a true story. I got the book. Um, that's kind of what everybody did that knew the back end. We were heavily involved with importing ammo. I was doing it, you know, a lot. And uh, we tried to get every box, every case, every boat, every cargo truck, anything we could get, we were, we were bringing in. We've got a good supply of it. Um, I know there's several other people that we were competing with on boats that, that's got a supply of it. Again, it stopped. I think what he's specifically asking this guy that just asked the question, we as a company, AAC, speak right. on everybody. When that, when we saw the writing on the wall, Jamin took the money and the investment and sent off to buy a steel case machine. Uh-huh. All the machinery, if you're in the machinery business, if you're, if you're in any part of the supply, we're in, it, it's scary to know on the back end of what, what we're having issues sourcing in this country. We're having, you go to a grocery store, food's kind of scarce. A little bit. You heard about the baby food shortage. And expensive when you find it. But yeah. You've got steel, that's a problem. You got aluminum, which is a problem. Everything, paper products are a problem, cardboard, corrugate, all that's an issue, right? Machinery is worse than that. So, like where we used to get an extrusion die that was eight to 10 weeks out if you wanted to do a new handguard, there's they're telling people 21 to 24, 26 you know, weeks or month and, and sometimes two years. I mean, it's, they can't get the materials. They can't get the, 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 the time or the labor. They, they're basically status quo doing what they do. 
because they can't take on new projects. That's kind of what happened with these machines. We ordered them and it's going to be, you know, two years down the road before they ever step foot in the United States to get proofed and set up and tested. So right. um, I would say the earliest you're going to see that's probably the end of next year. I think you'll see some small production of it. Maybe. Um, I know they've shifted the time frames a couple of times. I'm not, in the sure. day-to-day emails with AC, I just know those guys and talk to them a lot. And I'll ask the same question. Hey, when's, when's, <laughs> right. when's steel case coming? You know, and they'll yeah. say, oh, it's yeah. in the next year. You know, that it's those machines are it, – it took us almost a year and a half to get the machines we have now. Mm-hmm. And those steel machines are very, very, very specific, and there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of people doing it. So, you know, you always hear about the, the joke in the industry. There's only four forges. Right. There's really like only a couple of people who have machines that can do steel cases. Right. <laughs> so that's not going to be a joke if it goes out on the internet. There's really only a couple of people that. Sure. So yeah. um, we'll have one of the only co- machines. I think there's some other companies that jumped on that wagon too. We're all kind of waiting to see who's going to do it. But mm-hmm. we did jump in and order those, that machinery when we found out that there was going to be a hole to fill. Right. PW uh, Woods out there. Uh, talking about right to bear, he says uh, they plan on going through uh, the hoops required to offer right to bear in Washington State. Now I know I've had Perry on the podcast before, yeah. uh, and he's talked about you know them trying to work with various states, and that can be a, a mess in and of itself. Do either one of you know about about that? I don't know anything at all yeah. on that one. <laughs> I did. I didn't figure, but it was thrown out there. I was. I was going to ask. I know. Uh, I remember, and and Woods, you may want to jump back and look up that podcast with uh, with Perry sure. because I want to say it was brought up and he addressed it, but I can't remember what he said. It was some weird insurance regulation mess with Washington. Uh, of which, course, yeah, yeah, can always be a pain, and that kind of leads into this next one. Ron out there says uh, PSA won't sell their dagger in New York counties that are constitutional carry so that that gets into this whole thing of um rosters and different states and stuff like that uh what's the company policy with that i mean are you looking to when you can expand into to states like that or is it just the the legislative hurdles and the regulation hurdles just too overwhelming it's so we have a compliance officer that's not it's kind of, we have a weird management structure here. We have a compliance officer that ha- it's, it's Jamin's wife and she works directly with Jamin and they decide on what States we want to cover and carry and all that. Right. Um, I get the same. I've got a lot of fellow competitors that are up around that whole New Jersey area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess there's some areas inside of New Jersey you can ship a gun to and the gun store has to break it down and turn it into a New Jersey compliant gun and blah, blah, blah. The stance that we've just kind of taken is because these, these states, you never like that. The, we, we could ship a hundred guns to New York in this one constitutional carry st- area, right? And while they're in transit, they could change the laws and turn everybody into felons. While they're, I mean, it's right. It, it's hard. It's hard to manage the mentality of that those certain areas, right? And the way she's taking a stance, the way the company's taking a stance is these areas in complete turmoil, we want to spread freedom to everybody, but these areas in turmoil, 
it's almost impossible to keep up with every little city and every little county ordinance and every little, you just, you can't do it because yeah. their state level legislation has got the thumb on all the cities and they can do really whatever they want to. I mean, you, it's, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've just, unfortunately we've taken a stance that those areas yeah. that are highly contested and, and they, they hate guns and, and whatever. Um, you just, you can't ship to them because you don't know what's going to, it's like California. They're, if a state inside of, a city inside of California decided, oh yeah, we're going to allow thirty round magazines, but the state doesn't, uh-huh. right? So I mean, it, it, it gets into this. Oh, and I hate it. I mean, I do because I've got, I'm boots on the ground a lot, right? I'm on Facebook, right. I'm on yeah. social media, I'm at matches. Well, it's a from a business standpoint, it's a risk assessment thing. I mean, it so really you is. Are, you risk a county and a state that hates guns. It's, it's we went through something. I cannot believe more YouTubers and, and podcasters hadn't heard about it. We went through one of the most um, awful firearm situations in the competitive industry. That I, I've been doing this for 22 years. I grew up pretty much shooting a gun, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been, for my whole adult life, I've been competing. I've never heard of anything like this. We were at, we were going to Colorado to shoot the USPSA, United States Practical Shooting Association. Everybody was going out there to shoot. A um, the PCC high cap nationals they call it, which is certainly magazines over ten rounds. My PCC holds fifty rounds. Right. Somebody within the organization, our one of our fellow shooters, from what the way I understand it, and I'm close to those guys. I don't know all the details, but here's the way it breaks down. One of our fellow shooters called a local entity and said, "Hey, I got shooters coming up here. I can't own ten round, you know, over ten round magazines." I've got cut guys that's going to come up here and kick my teeth in because they're bringing in 50 round magazines to the state. Uh-huh. So the Colorado Center for Gun Violence gets involved. They call the state senator. We all, USPSA had already talked to the sheriff oh, and said the sheriff, the sheriff basically said, you know, all laws are unconstitutional. Great sheriff. Now, I ain't taking nothing from him. He's great. He yeah. said, I don't care about competitors. There's never been a competitor to shoot anybody in my county. Have them come out here, have a good time, be safe. You know, he just, he, he absolved any issues there. Uh-huh. Well, this competitor, fellow competitor, went to the Colorado Center of Gun Violence, or in a, a rep, who went to the Senate, the state government, uh-huh. and the governor basically declared a state of emergency because here are all these mean old competitive shooters that's never had any act of violence at all, you know, <laughs> were coming into their state and basically threatened everybody with the National Guard. Wow. So that goes to show you right there, you got the sheriff saying, nah, you know, you come in, you have a good time, bring your magazines. We're not going to force laws like that on, on competition shooting. It's a controlled event. You're going to be on a gun range. Right. Yada, yada. What did the state do? They intervened. Right. Threatened with the National Guard. Uh-huh. So they ultimately had to move all the rest of the matches. People, which is good for me because I picked up some of them at the AK match, but People, people came out of it. They lost money on the match. It really wasn't a show of display of who the best shooters in the country were. But that, that, I tell you that story because a, it was BS. You know, from a from a gun right standpoint, to know that somebody that I compete with, they haven't released the name yet, um, ratted because they were probably going to get beat anyway. Right. <laughs> and they called a gun rights advocate group, which we don't need our own eating ourselves. Right. But ultimately a little city inside of a state that set a law who had allowed it got overturned. 
So if you apply that to these little states inside of New York that allows certain things, how do we know the state's not going to come over us from a state perspective just because their city did something different? You can't guarantee that. And, you know, do we stop shipping to the other 45 states because one state had an issue? And I, I think it's a hard pill to swallow, but I think you got to weigh all those odds in. And, and at the end of the day, you got to vote. <laughs> I mean, that's the, if you don't like the gun laws in your state, you got to rally enough people to vote and change it so that we can ship to you. Right. Uh, and that kind of ties into this one. Uh, says, uh, we got about three here. We're going to knock out real quick. He says, uh, if, mm-hmm. uh, is PSA supporting any 2A organizations? And if not, why aren't they? Uh, does, is PSA involved on a, any of the sister companies on a uh, level with 2A organizations or is it more like a personal thing? No, it's, it's, we've been involved with everybody pretty much. I mean, any NRA, you know, we, we support them. We support NSSF. We support um, USCCA. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there, right? The Bear has a wing that has kind of, help with some of that um, oh, okay the virginia i mean you can google that i think josiah didn't we give the largest when the virginia when they tried to take over virginia didn't we give the largest donation yep to vcdl, to VCDL. Yeah. Yep. virginia yep. citizens defense league nice yep. Yep. Big guy. good friend fellow, fellow competitor of me we he called me one, one, we had a lower sale on their behalf and and he mm-hmm. called and thanked me personally he's like man it, it's awesome nice. that you got involved and Gave us that much money. I can't remember what the amount was, but they had a big check presentation all to them. But nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in. You, you can get in with the big guys, right? And that I think that helps some. I've got my opinions on some of the groups, and I don't even want to sure, get into that. We all do. There's, there's there's big groups. I think help some of them don't help enough, you know. But I, I think these grassroots, or me personally, like the VCDL, those guys were. I mean. It ain't like it's not like going to an NRA meeting or a US. These guys were like picks in their hands and and torches, ready to go to the Capitol and stand on the front porch and go. You ain't you're not taking my guns. This is the way. That's the guys that you need to give money to. Yeah, that's that's your money needs to be focused on the guys that will go to the front steps of the not greasing politicians' pockets. That's been going on a long time and that can backfire. You've got to do a display of force at your local politician's office to get change done. And the VCL did that. They, yep. they were 100% ready and willing to do anything and everything it took to stop what they were proposing. And, mm-hmm. and I think the grassroots groups, to me, are worth supporting as much or more than some of the large-scale organizations that sometimes – turns a blind eye when they pass legislation because it's a tit for tat situation in Washington. And I don't yeah. believe it. Right. Absolutely. VCDL. I mean, they were, in my opinion, uh, solely responsible in Virginia wanted to pass this giant, you know, uh, assault weapons ban, but VCDL was the one who put enough pressure, like Chad said, mm-hmm. you know, marching to the Capitol that it wasn't near what got passed wasn't even close to what they wanted to pass. And that was right. solely them, VCDL. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. not any other big organizations. They'll go to Washington, they'll talk to senators, they'll talk to governors, they'll, they'll go to dinner with them and whatnot. But, man, I'm, I'm telling you, watching politics now, I want to see pitchforks and torches. I don't want to see 
dinners I get you. And, and wine. I mean, it's just right. that, I'm a good old country boy. Like, I mean, you, you, I can tell by your accent, you from Texas, you Southern. A little bit. I grew a little up in a little town in Gaffney that all we did was fight and play football. So, I mean, it's, it's, right. uh, it's, I don't, the politician stuff, you got to do it as part of the process, but I mean, let's give our money to the grassroots guys that are going to go and, yeah, you know, you, you got to, at this point, you got to use the same tactics that your enemy uses. I mean, this is the art of war, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be the nice guy, turn another cheek, let them run all over you because that's what they're going to do. And they're going to keep running all over you until they take everything you have and then they're going to take more. Yeah, right. Um, I, I That's just my soapbox. I, you know, we do support all those other organizations. We did a roundup thing and all that. We, we mm-hmm. I'll support any of them. But giving money, even people out there listening, giving money to those little grassroots organizations after you vet them and make sure they're legit. Because there's right. a lot of people, that we've seen that from the other side, right? Making these organizations sure. up, they take their money and get nice cars and houses. Once you make sure they're legit, give your money to these local grassroots groups that are going to take the time to stand on the fence and go, you're not going to take my rights because the big, the big ones don't always do that. Right. Yeah. A uh, couple of hard questions before we get out of here. I say hard questions. we got a one, two. I'm sure you, you guys get this a lot, uh, but going to bring it up because I want to be fair. Uh, G23 says, uh, you say you offer lifetime warranty, yet PSA doesn't stand behind it. Why should we trust that you will fix this situation? So I want to give you guys a chance to address that. Um, We've never turned anybody away for a warranty. Yeah. If it, uh, my email address is simply josiah at palmettostatearmory.com. That's J-O-S-I-A-H. Shoot me an email. We uh, we always warranty. There was a gun that was bought in, uh, that I brought back in, that was bought in 2011. and. Wow. Uh, I brought it in and recently we warranted that and uh, we will always warranty our product. hundred percent. I won't say that there, there could have been a miscommunication. You hire a new customer service rep. They say something. We I've, I've listen, if it's got a PSA logo on it, send it in. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've replaced and it's all about how you handle things. Like if you do something that we know I've built guns, been around guns, call me an expert, whatever. Right. You can tell when somebody did something they probably did and they're trying to Be pass it off about the company it. did it. I've had got literally on, on Facebook, hey man, I um over torqued my barrel nut, stripped a tooth off. Can you sell me another barrel nut? I'll send it in, we'll replace it. I've literally helped people right. fix their own boo-boos just yeah. be an ambassador because again, I'm a gun guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that's in reference to. I don't know if a customer service rep said something that they weren't supposed to. We've I don't know, but I know the fact that guns that come in get fixed and sent back. We don't, I've, I've never told anybody. Well, I know the gun back. I know that. Just email me. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's an issue, I'd like to know what the reference, I'd like to know. Well, you know, I see, you know, that's why I say, I mean, that's a question you got to ask and you guys, I think had, had acceptable answers in my opinion for that. But I see, you know, I make videos, I'm on YouTube, and I sure. get comments all the time, this product or that product, right? And, oh, it sucks, and I had this problem, and it blah, 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 and their customer service is horrible. And I know the guys, just like, I, you know, Josiah, you called me before we went on air. I got your number, you know, in the same way with these manufacturers. And I call them up, and I'm going, and they go, we never heard from the guy, you know. 
we don't, the guy never called us, right? Uh, or I'll put in the comment, I'll say, hey, if you're having an issue, I may be able to get you in touch with the right person. Maybe you just didn't talk to the right person or right. that that support person. Maybe they didn't understand, you know, uh, and it's crickets. You'll you'll right. offer to help them get in contact with somebody because that's one of the great things about doing mm -hmm. this and knowing some folks in the industry is maybe I can pull some strings and use some of my connections and, and help people out in that way. And it's crickets when you offer to do that. So you've got, you've got legit concerns, you've got miscommunications, and then you've got people that just want to complain. Right. Uh, and I know G23 at G23 has been a viewer for a long time. I know he's not that way. So hopefully he will follow up and, yeah, and figure reach out. out. I mean, whatever it is, we'll do it. I'm not going to say we, yeah. we didn't do something dumb and, and say something, but <laughs> right. right. We'll, but we'll, I agree we'll, with we'll. you on, I agree with you on be honest. Right. right? I mean, be honest. Don't go, I don't know what happened. If you did something stupid, thing, just say it. I don't want to sell a guy a product that he's going to go shoot with his son on the weekend and he'd make a mistake and get stuck not being able to do it or, you know, have to spend more money or whatever. If you're honest with me, I, I, I'm all over Facebook. Like very few CEOs of gun companies are on Facebook. I have People have direct access to me. And I'll get these stories like you just had. Jamin's on there now. It drives him crazy. About eight out of ten of them are, are BS. They're not. It, it's this sucks. I had one. Blah, blah blah. I looked her name up. Looking the system. The last thing he bought was a nine millimeter in two thousand twenty one. You know whatever. Right. Um, I don't know why that's an occurrence. I don't know who understand why it happens or, or whatever. But the two that we do have, I, I go the extra mile. I'll send them swag. I'll apologize. Here, how's it going? And that's just not like boutique service because you ran into me or you caused a problem on Facebook. Because at the end of the day the complaining on Facebook and social media doesn't really have a overall negative impact on sales. I just do it because I'm a gun guy. I enjoy talking to customers. I enjoy shooting with them. I put myself out there. If you have an issue, I'll work with you. But right. you know, it, 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 but a lot of times it defend, depends on how your approach. Josiah's the oh, same way you follow yeah. social media. It, it, be a jerk. I mean, I, it's not going to get you anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll replace your product, but we may block you if you're that and it's, bad about it. I mean, it's not worth and the it's effort. Underst I mean, I want yeah. every customer to be happy, but it's mutual. Well, and it's understandable. You know, when I get people that do that in, in the comments of my videos and stuff, the first thing I do is acknowledge their frustration. Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I, I get that you're frustrated and, you know, whatever, but let's, let's simmer down, let's calm down yeah. a little bit, and let's let's figure out, you know, what we I need spent, to do. I, I spent not too long ago, a guy got one of our old 6.5 Creedmoors that had the single ejector. And mm -hmm. I knew what was wrong because we've had the problem before. When I saw a post on yeah. one of the groups. I messaged him. This was a Sunday. I was home cleaning guns. I just shot a match Saturday. And um, he, I gave him my number. I said, hey, call me. I'll tell you what to do. And um, you can do a trick with a little O-ring. We sent him another bolt, but he wanted to go shoot that day. So I gave, told him how to fix it, a little thing that I do, a little trick. And he's like so excited about it because he thought gun just didn't work. He wasn't going to get any help. So he went to social media to do it. I happened to get an alert because I'm a member of that group, looked at it, called the guy. About an hour and a half later, he was out shooting. We sent him a bolt two or three days later. He did a big review and all this. But that he was a nobody, really. I mean, I'm not saying he was a nobody like it's a mean thing, but he was just right. some average customer who had a problem. I looked at it went, okay, I'm walking through that in five minutes. Call me. <laughs> Right. And and we did it. And I didn't have to do that. I, I could have just went, ah, he'll figure it out. But that's what we do. I mean, it's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and I we do it for a lot of people. Yeah. 
So yeah, we blew past that hour quick, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna close this out here in just a second. Before we do that, I gotta scroll up and try to find the poll. And here it is: Have you ever bought anything from Palmetto State Armory? Uh, occasionally leads the way at forty one percent. Regularly at twenty eight percent. Maybe one day at twenty eight percent. So that's good. Uh, and then one percent says never will. So you guys have. 99% odds of at least getting a customer one time uh, out there. So you can't do much better than that, I don't think. I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty good odds. Uh, I want to give both of you, Josiah and, uh, and Chad, I'll, I'll start with you, Josiah, real quick before we get out of here. Any final words? Uh, you know, people want to learn more, get in contact. Uh, how do they do that? Uh, if you go to our website, uh, com, you can uh, – on the very bottom there, we've got a, uh, a forum uh, where we talk about PSA products. Um, we've got uh, links to thing, you know, other uh, right to bear our system for more information about that. Uh, if anybody has any questions, you've got a customer uh, you, like uh, G23 has a question about uh, a warranty issue. Just email me. I give out my email address. It's Josiah at palmettostatearmory.com. If you got any questions, anything you need. Uh, that forum's always there on our, uh, a link to it is at the bottom of the, of our website, uh, or just shoot me an email. Awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping in and, uh, you didn't talk much, but maybe next time, <laughs> uh, Chad, we'll come down to you. Anything, uh, any last words, follow up before we get out of here? I, I don't know. I think everybody, um, you know, stay safe out there. You know, if you got our products, enjoy our products. If you need help or, or questions, I'm, Again, I'm pretty available. You've got Palmetto State Army AK Owners Group. You got the AR Owners Group. You got the Dagger, the Jackal. I'm in every owner's Facebook group there is. I'm on Instagram, Chad Wiley PSA. Um, I'm very easy to get to, um, which is a unique for any company, really. But right. and I'll help you out if you if you have a major problem or whatever. We can work through it. Um, but, you know, I, I tell everybody with this current environment and, and you know, always get out and vote, yada, yada. We know that. But, but pay attention, read, see what's going on behind the scenes. Don't just take Fox or MSNBC, CNN. If you really get into the meat of some of this stuff and legislation that's being passed, a lot of fake outrage. It gets used on both both sides of the fence. Sure. Pay attention to what's going on. You know, we're seeing this uptick in sales because national news media really isn't covering it, but there's a lot of anti-gun stuff happening in states. Um, State level, yeah. They're not talking about it nationally because it's going to hurt midterms, which is, it, it, that's not reporting, right? I mean, you're right. you're suppressing information from voters. Right. But the, the, the current administration has instructed pretty much for the local guys that are in control of their states to start pushing legislation that they can't get through Congress right now. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that's happening simmering, you know, behind the scenes that, you know, it, it, they're going to figure out people who want you to want to strip you from your rights, you know, used to try to do it through Congress and, you know, the way it should be done. And I think they've sunk their claws in enough that they can do it strategically without you knowing about it. And if we turn a blind eye to it and we let it keep happening it's going to roll up to a national situation. Oh, yeah. Um, that's what they're planning to do. It's happened if you read the way the school system's operated and everything. I mean, it's all 
you have that mindset that gets inside of it and it creeps its way in. And before you know it, you've, you've, you've lost your rights. And, you know, we're, I'm a big second amendment. I think all gun laws are infringements period. I don't care. Um, there's no privilege to owning a gun. It's, 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 that was given to us by our forefathers because they just ran a tyrannical government out of their country and took it. Right. Um, there's no question about why they did it. It's, Right. You can do Shall not be infringed. It doesn't get do much the, clearer. You can do all the wordplay, and if you look at the times, yeah. the well-regulated, what it meant. It's. But if it, they, it, but it, if it, they it, wanted it to be well-regulated, why did they end it with right. "shall not be infringed"? Shall not be infringed. So in the time, <laughs> so just pay attention. Don't just listen to what's going on through right. media channels. Read. I'll, I'll sit sometimes and, and read bills that have been passed just to see what they hid inside of them. Right. And you'd be shocked that that education, I think will, will give you a better understanding of kind of what your enemy's doing right now. And that's what I look at them as that may be a wrong thing to say, but I look at anybody that's trying to take any of my given rights as, as an enemy to me. So, yeah, yeah. you know, no, study, totally study and understand and, and get, and, and really what we talked about on the grassroots things, if you got a grassroots little group of guys that are getting together and willing to take pitchforks down to the front office of the courthouse, help those guys out. Giving money to a big organization don't always get the results you're looking for. Get involved at your local level so that you can stay in control of what your rights are. Yep, absolutely. Chad, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, for everybody that's live, all the questions, we might not have got to them all. I apologize. Sometimes that's the case. Uh, if you went an hour and 25 or so minutes in replay, bless you. You're a trooper. Uh, and, uh, yeah, going to end on that note. Till next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertack.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Clovertack Podcast. <laughs>